Hello and welcome everyone to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Round Review. We are recording on Sunday the 7th of May after the completion of Round 8 of the AFL season. I am your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic, Tim Guest. Well, it was another week where some popular players went big. To help us talk uh, through the round is Bales T- DT. Bales, how are you, mate? How? Yeah, not bad, not bad, mate. Uh, it's a good round. Got one sort of person in my sights, which I'm sure... We'll get into in a sec, but overall, it's a huge scoring round for a lot of coaches. So I'm sure we've got plenty to get well, let's through. Let's get stuck straight into how it, you... mate. Well, how did you score? Yeah. Where are you ranked, and who is your plus three, negative three? So uh, twenty-three seventy. So big week, um, and we had plenty of huge scores. So up to six six five four overall. So again, another twenty-one hundred spots are moved up. So pretty happy moving in the right direction. Pretty, I think, every week for the past month, which has been good. So. Closing in, um, got a win in the content crowders cup as well, which was nice. Get the second win there. Uh, so it was good beating uh, Holmes. Uh, Holmes had a, uh, got a lot of uh, unlucky things, unfortunately, for him this weekend. But just glad for me to get on the board. But in p- plus three, negative three. All right. So plus three for me. I've got. I have to give it to Tom Green. So I held him through his week uh, week suspension, which a lot of people did. And he's – I'm not just giving it to him for this one. I'm also giving it to him last week. So I gave my thing, I think, plus three to uh, Marshall last week. But Tom, uh, Tom Green, 136 last week, 170 this week with a 64-point uh, quarter thing, if you don't mind. So he's averaging 120, the highest averaging midfielder. He's an abs- absolute beast. So very, very happy to own him. And, and yeah, but also quick shout-out as well to my little pod there, Lockie Whitfield, Defenders Against the Dogs, as Jake uh, from Hatchet always says, always go well. And, yeah. 130 points, very happy with that. Negative three, so this this may take a minute or two. So apologies for this, but <laughs> I'm giving it I'm giving it to premium midfielders. So I'll run you through my my premium midfielders this year. So I started Rory Laird, 57 in round one, uh, really bad for his cash gen and, and a rocky start to the year. Josh Kelly injured round one, had to trade him. Go to Tom Green in round two, who gets a 90 in his first game, his worst score for the year. I then proceed to uh, also starting Bont, who was underwhelming to start. I then go and bring in Toot Miller and pay up for him for the buy. He gets injured on 48 and, yep, just annoying. And then I move into my guy that ruined my week this week in Jack Steele. I brought him in this week for 81 points. North Melbourne, good matchup. Was resting forward at times. I just didn't understand what that was. If it wasn't for his third quarter, he would have scored a 50. So, yep, so... Pre-midfielders, uh, not holding anything back from any of you. You all can all can cop it. So, yeah, not happy, Tim. Mate, well, uh, I'm sorry to hear it. Clearly uh, having a rant this week, but uh, I'll, I'm loving it. <laughs> I've got out of my system, so now it's all positivity because we've got plenty of good uh, things to get to. And we've got a couple of good guests on as well, Tim. Mate, yeah, we've got some great guests this week. So first I'm going to introduce uh, James uh, from Shucks Fantasy. James has been uh, on the pod before. I think he was actually on our... One of our early pods, actually. Second, second pod. pod or something along those lines. So uh, it's really great to have him back. James, mate, welcome back. And, uh, mate, how did you go this week? How are you ranked? And uh, who's your plus three, negative three? Thanks, Tim. Um, this week is probably um, my best week for the year, 23.69. So just one below Bales, pit me. Um, but still not not too bad at all. Um, probably... Have to give the the plus three to Andy Brayshaw. Um, I brought him in a few weeks ago uh, and hasn't really delivered, but you know popped this week, which was good. Um, negative three. 
I'd have to probably say Trent Rivers, which is massive pod. I know I think I've had him for about a month now, and he just hasn't really done what I was hoping him to do. So he'll probably be looking on the chopping block in negative three. All right, mate. All right. Well, uh, good week for you. But, uh, you know, shame that he – it's always sucks when one of your pods doesn't quite know. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, oh, ranking? But, ranking, yeah. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Where are you ranked? So, uh, right now I'm 9531. So, just snuck into the top 10K for the first time in the year, which is good. I came from a fair way back at the start. Um just goes to prove how bloody hard this game is. Like, I feel like I haven't done too much wrong, but I've been a bit unlucky, made a couple of bad trades, and you just get punished. So, I think it's probably proven that you know it's getting more and more competitive up the top end as each each year goes on. As yeah, so anyone who's doing up the top, I think you're you're um, having a stellar year. I think it also talks about, that, like, I mean, there's elements of luck as well. I mean, we've got some great coaches out there with great track records with, you know, pretty poor ranks. And it's, you know, it's not because they're not good coaches. It's just because, you know, players they've picked have gone down or, you know, absolutely injuries, suspensions, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, some some years it just works out to be your year and other years it doesn't. But, um, yeah, that's right. But, look, you know, but you, you don't want to lose sight of it. I think I think we've talked about it in, in before in the past as well as that, you know, you just kind of keep your, your head down and keep making the right trades. You can still find your way in the top, you know, in the top couple of thousand and find yourself a pretty respectable finish in the end. Yeah, fingers crossed. See how we go. Well, uh, you know, we're talking all that, but we're kind of going to go to the other end of the spectrum right now. We're going to go to uh, the number one ranked coach so far this year. So Jesse was ranked number one last week. I caught up with him at the Varsity Bar on Friday night. And uh, we had a bit of a chat there, and uh, he's held on to number one position. So I'm looking at the moment, Jesse, you're on a total of 17,844 points, which is 22 points ahead of ASAP Green by the look of it, mate. So congratulations on being in first. How are you, mate? Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, good to uh, stay in rank one. But, you know, I've got a few few good teams look like they're um, right on my tail, uh, a few 2,500 scores I can see, which is pretty big this week. So, yeah. But, um, no, I'm, I'm stoked to be in first. You know, I've never been this high before. And, um, yeah, it's really good, you know. Yeah. Well, look, third of the way through the season, still a long way to go, so anything can happen. But, uh, but look, it'd be great to get your input. I know uh, we talked about some other stuff. You, you get into a fair bit of fantasy stuff, do a fair bit of analysis each week. So uh, it'd be great to hear what you got to say about the players we talk about this week. But, um Mate, uh, well, what, yeah, run us through, mate. Obviously, you ranked one, so we don't we don't need to know that. But uh, how'd you score this week? Um, you know, plus three, negative three. Uh, two, four, five, four for me, um, which is Ooh. pretty good. Uh, my plus three will probably go to Goulden, I think, a 161 from him. I've uh, been waiting for a ceiling game from him ever since he pumped out a, a 170-odd in the pre- preseason and showed that he's you know, capable of that kind of score. Um, my negative three probably goes to Setterfield. He looks like he's out of the um the CBA mix now. Uh, with with the Bombers, he uh I think he spent most of today on the wing. Um, yeah, that's definitely gonna like impact his scoring potential. So he's probably one that I think you know if you haven't got rid of him already, I think a lot of people are are gonna um be looking to get rid of him. 
Yeah, certainly on my watch list. He's on, on my team at the moment. In my team, and I was watching that role. He's definitely on that wing. So, uh, yeah, it could be a bit up and down with his scoring. But uh, but we'll move back around to me. So I'm, I'm going to start with my negative three before I tell you my score or my rank. Uh, negative three yes, goes to gone. Josh Rochelle. Jesus, bloody Christ, a 27 on my field. How can you believe that? So, you know, uh, you know that... Uh, I guess it indicates a bit of a disappointing weekend for me with a 24-31. Uh, just, oh, what's that, 20 points behind uh, our number one ranked coach. So uh, I'm pretty happy with my week, actually, with Rochelle on the on the field. So um, although I still don't know what the hell happened with him. But, um, but yeah, probably, uh, like I said, 24-31. I've moved uh, in, back inside the top 1,962. Uh, and I would say my plus three, oh, look, I think I'll give it to... Jack Zebel um, finishing out the week round there with a, uh, a 168. Um, you know, one of many players, well, a few players that went 160 plus for me. So I had Tom Green, Josh Dunkley, Errol Goulden, and uh, Jack Zebel. So, yeah, they were nice, uh, nice players to have in my team. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty up and about, feeling pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty happy with myself right now. So we'll, we can get stuck into the games. Let's say, uh, I was just, I hang on, just for, I was going to say, it's pretty funny that what the top score for the year before this, what was a Noah Anderson, I think, what, one. 62 or whatever he got and like there was probably like four players that went over that this week which is yeah. ridiculous so it's there was some big, but yeah I guess it was a little bit different this week where it was probably a few more unique players probably went big whereas um whereas still some big scores but just not those big popular ones like it was last week all those rooks anyway yeah um, but look, let's get stuck into the games. Sweet. people are here for. So yep. Carlton versus Brisbane at Marvel. So the Blues continue their high-scoring fantasy run with their mids and even their relevant rookies scoring pretty well. On the flip side, Brizzy Rooks were a bit quiet. Well, it was all about Josh Duncan and his 172 highest score of the year. Uh, some people may have seen the tweet that I put out there that the number fourth-ranked coach uh, actually had the C on him. Um, he has officially <laughs> declared it wasn't a mistake. Apparently, it's because he's got balls the size of mangoes. But I'll leave it to you to decide whether it was a mistake or not. But uh, take us through the round, mate. Yeah, well, Dunkley, it's, I'm actually half glad no one gave him the plus three because it sort of makes up for all those games that he went sub in the thing. So this puts him probably back on track to where we thought he'd be at the start of the year. He was obviously fantastic. Adam Cherry continued his great form. I know Dossie had the VC on him and brought him in last week, so he's very happy with that. So 130, probably too expensive to look at really close as an option, but uh, kudos to the people that brought him in. The first player I want to talk about, James, though, is uh, Sam Doherty. So 129, looks to be playing a lot more in that midfield. Still did go back uh, later in the game. Had a break in a 130, so he's not going to go down much. Is, is he a target that people should be looking at, especially with that Dogs matchup coming up this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, he's probably still going to be, you know, in the top handful of defenders, even when, you know, more DPs come out in, in the next few weeks and whatnot. So, depending on where his price actually finishes up, I'd still be trying to find some value um, where you can at this point of the season. So, if you if you have the right... Um, person to go up to maybe you've got someone around that 700k who's not performing and you could bump him up to them then that could be an option but um, it's probably a bit team dependent like he's still definitely going to be in the top handful just whether your team allows for it yeah yeah no that's a good point so and that round 15 buy could be a bit of a stickler for a lot of coaches because a lot of popular players are on that buy Sam Walsh, 109, just ticked over and got the job done once again. George Hewitt, keep an eye on him with a 90, bit of a cheap option if you wanted to 
potentially go there. I'm still a little bit concerned of his ceiling. I'm not sure if he's the guy. Um, so, Jesse, uh, Ollie Hollands, another 86. Um, uh, do you own Hollands at all, mate? Yeah, I still have Hollands. I'm obviously glad I um, held him now after the 86. He's, you know, going to go up a bit more in value. So, um, you know, that's pretty important at this stage of the year. So, yeah, I'll, I guess we'll probably hold him for another couple of weeks and just keep, keep riding his price. So, yeah. Well, there you go. You just answered my question. I was just going to throw it at you. So I was just about to say, we're going to hold him. So yeah, I think he's a hold as well with that low break. He's, he's, I think he's going to be about 500k. So um, yeah, he's he's been good. So um, yeah, he'll be definitely one coach to be keen to hold on for at least another week. Uh, Nick Newman, 76, but he did cop a week suspension as well. Um, I can't exactly remember what it was for. I think it might have been a tackle or, or something. I think, um, I don't know if any of you guys know that, but uh, I know that he did cop a week. Um, and then Alex Chincotta as well, uh, Tim, I know you jumped on uh, the bread this week in 75 and you'd be pretty happy you got him because he looks like if you didn't jump on him, he's the must-have cash cow at the moment. Yeah, actually, the big question for me was why the hell they didn't start him? Um, I mean, we always thought he was a little bit further ahead than Cowan um, and he's certainly looking better out on the field than Cowan's been looking. So, look, I think he's a cash cow that pretty much if people didn't jump on after his uh, first round, I think people would have jumped on last week. So if you haven't got him, get on. But uh, but I'm thinking everyone's on right now. And with Nick Newman suspended and also the fact that Cowan apparently, um, according to Jackson, who's a Collingwood supporter in uh, – sorry, Cowan supporter in our group chat, he said that apparently Cowan didn't play very well. So maybe he's not in the team and Chincotta will hold his spot. So he's looking obviously fantastic. Lockie Neal, if you've got him, I'd be trading him. He's literally been a yo-yo for the last six weeks, so disappointing. But last thing I'll throw – the last player before we move to the next one is uh, Will Ashcroft. So 61 – he is over 600K. He's going to be about 630-ish K. Anyone can sort of chime in here. Is anyone considering maybe moving him, especially with that round 12 buy, or are we still looking at maybe moving out other players? What are our thoughts? Mm, yeah. Jesse, let's ask Jesse, the number one ranked coach, mate. Are you looking at moving out Ashcroft? I'm considering it. Um, but what I will say is, uh, I don't know if this is 100% or not, but... From the games that I've seen of him, he seems to be scoring a lot better at home. Um, he does have two home games coming up. So, uh, yeah, I think I've got it here. He's averaging 93 at the Gabba. So, yeah, uh, he's one that, I don't know, if you do want to hold him, you'll probably take a little bit more confidence with the fact that he's got two games coming up at the Gabba, if that's something that you want to read into. I know it's only four games of data, but, um, you know, at least it's something. Uh, but, again, it's... There's a few guys that we are looking to get rid of. He's one of them. Setterfield's another. Um, yeah, there are a few options in that kind of range. Yeah, perfect. Well, Tim, I reckon we'll move on to the Saturday games. First one starting with your Eagles. Yeah, so Richmond versus West Coast at the MCG. So many people had the VC on Taranto. Um, I mean, probably one of the things from this game I noticed is those Richmond halfbacks all had a go, which makes it a little bit harder to know who's kind of got that role out of, you know, Short, Rioli and um, um, uh, Baker. Uh, Pedler and Jones, probably, if you had them on field, might have hurt coaches. And, yeah, and Bales, uh, as the Adelaide uh, – sorry, I'm talking – hang on, I jumped across to the next team. <laughs> oh, my God. Excuse, boys. I was going to go to Dom Sheed with his big 111 on return. So let's get yeah. into this game. Perfect. Yeah, he was very good on return. I still don't think he's an option to be looking at, but it was good to see him actually uh, put up a big ton. He's still a friend of the show, so uh, good to see Dom back and, and uh, that he's back well, from injury. He's back as a friend of the show. He was kind of off the list there for a little <laughs> while, but uh, with the 111, he can, he can be back on the list. 
Yeah, um, Taranto won seventeen. Uh, I know Tim, you took on the captaincy. I and I was in the boat. I was never not taking that score of one seventeen. But I guess uh, what was it? Uh, like what the brave coaches went that and, and they got rewarded. So um, yeah, but one seventeen, great score for Taranto. Keeps a ton run alive. Um, Jermaine Jones been pretty solid. Done the hundred and two there for the Eagles. So there you go. Um, Liam Baker responded with a 94 after a couple of poor ones. I'm still a bit concerned with his role moving forward. Tim Kelly, 96 as well. But, Jesse, I just want to quickly throw back to Jaden Short. So I didn't actually watch this game. So if anyone can chime in before we talk about Short. But I don't know if he's in that defence role. But is he a potential option we could look at bringing in maybe early um, as he'll get defender status? Yeah, maybe if he gets defender status, like uh, you could bring him in early and then move him back. Um, He definitely looks like he's... You know, probably going to be a top six defender. Um, so he's probably definitely one to consider. Uh, yeah, uh, he's just he's just getting so much like junk bowl. Um, you know, so many plus sixes down there. And like you said with Baker's role, he seems to be moving all over the ground a bit. He's he's just so versatile. Baker, he kind of goes wherever they need him. So yeah, like short kind and of. You got Rioli as well. Yeah, Rioli as well. So yeah, no, he's definitely one I'm considering. Yeah, yeah, definitely got to be. On our watch list, Rioli, uh, 88. So he's just sort of getting these 80 scores. So with short back there, he's probably a potential trade-out candidate for some coaches if they want to move on him a bit earlier. Jake's boy from Hat Chat, Samson Ryan with a 69, continues to tick over those good scores. So good cash gen for those coaches there. Um, Ruben Jinby, uh, James, uh, is he someone that – he played 60, 64% game time, scored a 60, still has a role – is he with the buyers approaching? Is he still one that you want to be holding on to? Are you still happy to be moving him on, um, regardless of he's got that role and he's in the best twenty-two? Um, yeah, I I think I'd be comfortable moving him on. I know I moved him on a week or two ago. I think not this week, last week, um, purely because he's you know just about at the highest point of his cash. If he's not going to decline already this week, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd be comfortable moving him on and, and trying to get a you know underpriced premium in that spot or a top sixer. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree as well. I know Tim's been um, like that uh, for a few weeks now as well. Uh, also, just missed as well. Jaden Hunt had a good game as well. Just continues to be such a good mid price for those that jumped on with another eighty two. Uh, and then at the bottom here we have got now his name's disappeared. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, unfortunate for Jai Cully, uh, did his. Looks like it's – I don't know if it's confirmed. Yeah, it is ACL. confirmed, yeah. So, sucks for, for him, which is disappointing. And then, shout-out to Noah Cumberland as well, who managed to score a negative two as well. So, <laughs> um, so there you go. So, we'll move on to the other game. This will be the Crows, Tim. That's right, mate. And I've got some good, <laughs> big questions for you. So, Geelong and Adelaide at GMHB, uh, GHMBA. No, GMHBA. <laughs> oh, now I'm screwing that up. <laughs> Jesus. Having a good night. So, Dawson keeps loving his role. Uh, but we all seem to have him, so it doesn't really make too much difference. I don't uh, have him. So. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, don't really? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty highly owned, but not all coaches there, so that would have hurt you boys. But uh, and then, That's why I'm we'll not high owned. <laughs> Who knows, right? We'll see what happens. But uh, Pedler and Jones also would have hurt coaches if you had him on. So I'm talking Chase Jones, uh, and obviously let me know who Pedler is. But, yeah, big question, Rochelle. Um, what the hell was going on? I mean, I don't even know how it's possible to score a 27. I'll give you three words the reason that he scored so low. Geelong and Geelong. It just it seems to happen to some of these players that they go to Geelong and they just can struggle to score. Geelong, obviously, a very, very good team, especially at home. So 
I put that down to an anomaly there. Um, he only had the eight disposals, didn't get involved in any of those because he gets involved for a lot of those plus six in the middle of the ground. So I wouldn't be trading him out. I'd still be backing him in for another week at least. He's got, I think, round 14 is a pretty good buy for a lot of coaches because there's not as many players, especially Prims on that buy that coaches have got. So I'd be holding, but yeah, he still looked to have the role, spent time forward, but yeah, it's just I'd still be... Um, holding with him. Same with Pedro as well. He got a 45. Tough matchup. But considering that was his lowest score for the year, that's probably a good sign. So he's a guy that could still maybe stay in people's sides for another week or two. And same, again, Chase Jones. You obviously mentioned before as well, poor score. But Geelong and Geelong, as I mentioned, is a tough matchup. But I'll go back to the top. And I, don't, I still don't understand. So to, uh, they didn't tag Dawson and they tagged Rory Laird with Tom Atkins. So it was good to see Laird still score a 107 back to his tackling best with 14. But I still don't get as a taking my Laird, Dawson, Crows bias out of it. Dawson's clearly probably one of the most five damaging players in the AFL or top 10 at least. Um, and teams just don't seem to want to put attention into him. A bit like Dacos. So it's like they put uh, Laird, uh, attention to Laird. So interesting. But Dawson continues. Uh, Could have got him over still, but yeah, that's why I'm not ranked high. Bad decisions. Uh, Laird, great, as I mentioned. Tom Stewart didn't get that keys tag um, or not as much of it anyway, so he still got to a respectable 88, I think. So um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So apologies couldn't go to any of the coaches there. I thought I'd quickly jump through that game and get that. So we'll keep moving, I think, to the Gold Coast and Melbourne game. Yeah, Gold Coast Melbourne at Heritage Bank Stadium. So after our some of our on-field rooks turned up last week, this week uh, we were reminded why to get them off field. So talking specifically about Chandler and, and JBR for those still having him. Of course, he's now rubbed out for two weeks if you haven't heard. Uh, no, Anderson had a slow start but really stepped up as a popular trading target last week. And, um, you know, the pastor and the rat king... Uh, mate, they uh, they did pretty well, and I think they're going to be on some uh, targets this week. Yes, they will definitely be. And Noah Anderson, for me, was I think he's the best player on the ground, to be honest. He was really good and nearly got Gold Coast over the line. So if he did jump on him, he's got the great buy. He's been fantastic. But, Jesse, I want to go straight to a guy that I'm actually interested in. I think a few coaches could be interested after another 105, and that's Will Powell. Uh, is there any interest from you with that really good round 13 buy and a guy that's making good cash and a good role? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I watched him in that game and I think he was on 50 in the first quarter and he, he just looked like he was playing the loose man down there. He's taking kick-ins. Um, he looked really good and Gold Coast seemed to be possessing the ball a bit more. Um, but a reason I might not bring him in is because I brought in Fiorini and Atkins last week and I've also got Stuart back yeah. down there already. So I don't really need another round 13 back there. Um, but he definitely looks good. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess if he didn't bring one or both of Fear and Atkins, then Willpower could be an option. It's probably safer to be fair, but uh, definitely one to consider. But I will go to Fiorini and Atkins next, uh, James. So Fiorini, 89, uh, and then Atkins and 86. I will say a bit of a flag for both though, before I ask you what your thoughts were on them, James, that, Fiorini only had the six CBAs, didn't attend a CBA in the second half, uh, and he was a bit in the midfield in the first half, which was great, but second half not, still scored well, and then Atkins apparently had eight turnovers from his 22 disposals. So in saying that, what are your thoughts on both those guys, James? Um, I'm probably not as hot on both of them as um, a lot of the community is, purely um, because 
we've seen Gold Coast play two different types of styles, like, and in the last couple of weeks, they're starting to chip around a little bit more, which is maybe inflating scores um, throughout the entire list. So I'm not 100% sure which way they're going to go. Um, and, but it probably, yeah, it would come more down to how the team plays if I wanted to pick them rather than, you know, the individual roles. Um, I know that's important as well. And, you know, you see Fiorini with six CBAs, that's not great. Um, but he's still so cheaply priced and same with Atkins as well that it, you know, almost doesn't matter as long as they're point scoring um, above their price enough. So, yeah, the role, the matchup this week against the Eagles over in the West, big ground, you'd think there'd be a few more plus sixes on, on that round. So maybe if you're going to do it, this is the, the week you have to do it to get reward. Um, so... I'm not going to do it, probably. I'd do Atkins out of either of them, um, but I probably won't do it. See, I'm actually th- thinking potentially Atkins does maybe get dropped. I don't know. We'll have to see. I know Farah's in the VFL. Apparently, he had a good game today, and I think there's another one or two names there that I thought, well, they may could sneak in, like a Mac Andrew or something if they want to go a bit taller. And obviously, Ball- oh, Ballard's out, so maybe he comes in. But Hey, Bales. Um, what yeah. about, I wouldn't mind asking Jesse as well. Jesse, obviously, you brought both of them in this week, right? So I imagine you probably watched them pretty closely. How, how, what was your assessment of their games? Um, yeah, like, I mean, the thing with Fiorini is, like, he doesn't, he's not really getting CBAs, but, which, you know, normally he's not someone that I would pick. But this week I was just kind of a little bit, um, you know, hamstrung just with, you know, the amount of money I had. I couldn't really downgrade someone to a rookie and get someone up someone that I want to see. He's kind of just like a stepping stone guy for me. Um, and because he's just priced at like 65, I think even now on that wing roll, I think if Gold Coast keep playing this possession kind of style game, he's still going to score at the K because he's just going to get, you know, those four to five marks or more a game. He's going to you know, get him to score probably 80 or more. Um, and Atkins, like, I'm a little bit worried that he's going to get dropped as well um, just based on what I've been reading on Twitter from people talking about his turnovers and stuff like that. But, I mean, Gokos, like, they almost beat Melbourne as well. So, you know, he did, mm. he did turn over the ball a few times. But, like, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm hoping he doesn't get dropped. I don't think he'll get dropped. Um, I hope he gets at least one more week for cash generation anyway. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he was okay. Like, he had five kick-ins, I think. So, for fantasy, that's pretty good. Um but yeah, he does need to clean up his ball use a bit if he wants to stay in the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and the fact that kick-ins were there as well, that's obviously a good sign. And it could have been maybe some of the kick-ins were turnovers. I'm not exactly sure that maybe a Melbourne guy intercepted it and that's counted as a turnover. So maybe that uh, could have uh, played into it there. Um, Max Gorn potentially uh, as an option. He's dropped in price. He's going to be under 750k. Uh, and we'll talk about Marshall a bit later because I'd like to get people's thoughts when we talk about that. But I don't know if he'll be missing time or not, because he set out the last portion of that game. So Gorn, potentially an option for those English owners. So, um, yeah, definitely got to keep him there. Oliver as well, 104, just getting the job done again. Uh, McPherson, Stato will be very happy with his pod that continues to impress week in, week out. Petrarca, a bit of a quieter game there with an 80. Brayshaw, 73, a little bit quiet as well. And then Cozzy Pickett also with a 62. So a little bit quiet on his end as well. And we spoke about Van Ruin. Then Chandler as well, Paul won. Coaches could look to move him off. It's probably time for him to go. So uh, we'll move on to the Saturday night games, Tim. You might. Well, uh, we'll start with GWS versus Western Bulldogs at Monica Oval. Uh, some monster, monster scores 
uh, in this game. I wonder if uh, some of our mates over at Hat Chat, we know where DC's a camera boy, managed to get across to that game, so shout out to them. But, uh, yeah, Green, we've already talked about in the plus three, negative threes. English, I mean, look, he could have got my plus three, to be perfectly honest. I put, yeah, I did. I um, ran the gauntlet and put the C on him and uh, left uh, Taranto's uh, VC behind. And then Bont, another one went big, even Jay Hansen. Um, you know, he'd say he scored pretty well. But then, of course, Bailey Smith um, was back in the triple figures. Yes, exactly right. He's, uh, we'll talk about him in a sec, but he's definitely an option coaches can consider. Um, we mentioned Tom Green, not much more to mention with him. It was just an amazing stat line, 38 touches, six marks, nine tackles, three goals, one. Complete performance, amazing. Tim English, for those non-owners, if Marshall is out, could be the ticket to getting English. So you have to wait and see with that one. My boy Whitfield, 130. I'm not sure that he's an option still for coaches because dog def- dogs for defenders, it just they always score well. So and I'm still concerned with so many mouths to feed back there. But I want to go the Bont first. I'll, uh, does anyone – I'll first of all go to someone that doesn't own Bont. So, Tim, I know you got Bont. But James or Jesse, do you guys – one of you guys have Bont or – No. Yeah, I do. So Jesse, so Jesse, I'll go to you as a non-owner. Is he, is he a guy you're looking at? He's he's got the role. He's been uh, pretty good the last few weeks. He's been solid ninety plus and a few ceiling scores. He a guy you've got on your radar? Yeah, he is. But he's he's got that. He got the Bulldogs got the round fifteen buy, do they? Um, yes, they do. Yeah, um, so that just makes it tricky for me because I've just got like quite a lot of round fifteen players already. Um. And at this stage, like, I think you do need to be looking at your buy structure a bit. Um, we're not that far away from the buyers. Um, I also, I'm not 100% sure what he's priced at, but he has been scoring, like, pretty well in the last few weeks. So I imagine that he's, he's priced at so a... 909. Yeah, 909. 909. He'll go, he'll go up about maybe to 920, 925, somewhere around there. Yeah, to be fair, I'd probably be preferring uh, a Brayfjord, I think. Um, probably yep. a little bit cheaper, and and I think uh, he's someone that yeah, I'd definitely like the look of him. I'm sure we'll get to that game later. Yes, exactly right. But yeah, Bont continues, and he's just amazing. Such a good player there. Nick Haynes enjoyed the dogs match as well. One sixteen. Josh Kelly one oh nine had a pretty good last quarter to get to that as well. So good for those owners there. Um, Bailey Smith. So Tim, I'll go to you for this one, mate. Uh, Round 15 by obviously is a bit difficult for coaches, but for coaches that have maybe need players on round 15, might not be much out there, but if there is a few coaches that need it, is Bailey Smith an option that's probably almost bottomed out in price? Uh, I Definitely. I mean, look, uh, obviously he's got that forward eligibility um, and you'd think he'd be pretty unique as well. So uh, he's definitely someone that coaches can have on their watch list. Uh, injury to Trelaw as well, unfortunately, another hamstring. So that could also be um, – and, again, I'm not mm. trying to put salt in the wound for Trelaw, but it is good for a guy like potentially Bailey Smith with more CBAs. Jack McRae as well could be good for him, but he's just been a 90s guy this year. So just another 90s, dropped a fair bit of cash as well. But, Tim, actually, I will follow back up to you for another player because I know you own this player. But Jason Johannesson, mate, 92, you'd be pretty happy with his performances so far. Yeah, mate. I mean, he's been, I mean, I think I've had him for about three rounds or so, and he's probably averaged 85 or, you know, something along those lines. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's certainly filled a gap back there, and uh, I don't see him moving right now. He's got that role. He's got that halfback role for the the Western Bulldogs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is probably what we can expect him to score around that 85 mark. Um, So I'm happy to leave him sitting there until probably after the bias. Is it too late for non-owners, you reckon? 
Um, eighty-five. Hang on, let's. I just got to figure out in my head what he's priced at. Five seventy-five. He'll be about six hundred and fifteen k, maybe six ten, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, about sixty. Passed at about sixty-five. So yeah, you can, he's probably still got about twenty points upside there. So you probably around fifteen buy maybe that. Yeah, could that's be the only something, thing you but... got to watch. Yeah, depending on how your team's weighted in terms of the buys, but, but um. I guess he could be that good player that if you've got primos, he could be that guy you offload at round 15 to a guy coming off their bye maybe. That could be something that coaches look at. So I, th- I think the other thing is, is that right now, I mean, you know, we talk, We heard Jesse before talking about how hamstring he was last week with cash. Like we are at a stage where people are pretty stuck with cash and you might not have much to stick on top of a rookie. So, you know, being that he's probably priced under $600,000, um, you know, along with a Fiorini, I imagine, you know, he'd, you know, for coaches that don't have him, they should be high on the watch list. Yeah, exactly right. Um, Cogs, bit of a uh, quieter game there. Only an 81, but I'm sure he'll be fine. He's been pretty good this year, so I wouldn't be worrying if you've got him. Perryman, I would be a bit concerned with if you did jump on and you were looking. Another only 67 cent game time. Uh, that seems to be he just has that low game time. He's always a bit like a Will Brody, just low game time and comes on to have an impact. So I probably wouldn't be going there now. Uh, Finn Callan, 70 for those coaches still rolling with him, still making a little bit of cash there as well. And then Arthur Jones, just keep on your watch list if there's no other rookies. I'm sure there's one from North that we'll talk about in a set uh, when we get to that game. But he well, will play. Hope you bring an angle, right? Well, I was going to say, I didn't actually see what happened. Apparently he got injured. So did anyone see exactly what happened with him? Uh, I think it was – I'm not 100% sure, but – because I was, I was watching mainly the other game, but I think it was a late injury. Uh, it's maybe in the last quarter, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, because I saw him on the, I saw him on the bench. Uh, yeah, he, must, he made see. it to the last quarter. Uh, no, he played out the game. He played out the game. Did he? 73% for 24 he, points. So, oh, I'm hang actually, on, sorry. No, that's, that's not true. He got an adjustment after the – sorry, I thought the adjustment might have been okay. uh, a stat. But, well, he had a stat at the 14-minute mark, so – that would have been his 24 points, yeah, 24 points for and uh, three and a half quarters of footy. There's a decent chance that maybe we even get a Josh Fay this week uh, if he comes in for an Angwin on that wing because he's been playing wing in the VFL. So one to keep an eye on for coaches. So uh, Tim, we'll move to the other game that was in the West. Yeah, so Frio versus Hawks at Optus. So it uh, looks like Brayshaw is back, um, but might be curious to see what kind of impact that has on Sarong. Um, and then shout out to the Ball Boys. I know they're uh, whipping, I mean, not whipping boys, sorry, their favourite player is uh, Hayden Young, uh, who for the second week in a row went uh, a tonne. Um, and then, of course, we can probably talk about the slightly disappointing um performances from Darcy, although he was under a bit of an injury cloud. And then Day was a bit quiet as well. Yes, um, Day was a little bit quiet. I didn't watch this game, so I'm very interested to get uh, the boys' thoughts on um, this one. So, uh, James, did you watch this game or the other one or, or neither? Uh, I saw about a quarter of this one, and that's all I got to say. Oh, but no worries. from what I saw, Brayshaw was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a Brayshaw. Well, you said you've been a Brayshaw owner. Um, so I'll go to you first. And I know that uh, Jesse said he's potentially looking at Brayshaw. So, uh, so James, how did you see Brayshaw? Will you be pretty happy with his 157? Uh, yeah. I mean, he apparently he was injured um, for the first few weeks of the year, but now he's all clear. And I think in his last, I think a week before, he had a 113 as well. Um, he just looks like to be the Brayshaw of last year. It wouldn't surprise me if he's now 
um, you know, in the top three or four midfielders for the rest of the year. Yeah, so agreed. I think, yeah, perfect, perfect timing. Um, and then Jesse, I'll go to you, mate, as a guy that's looking at him as an option. So he's got that round 12 buy um, with that huge story. He's going to rise in price. So is, is it almost the point where he might not be able to wait till his buy because he's going to maybe get back out of hand for coaches? Yeah, a little bit. Um, he just, he just looks so good on the weekend. Like he really looks back to his best. Um, just like 86% time on ground as well. Yeah. Chasing down people just like, you know, super hungry for tackles, for cheap uh, marks. You know, I think he got a couple goals as well. Um, yeah, he definitely looks like he's over that injury now. So, and that, so, and I'm pretty sure he's down like over 100k. He he will come up a bit, but I think he's he's still going to be at a really nice price point to jump on. Uh, about 900. Yeah, something like that. So the only thing I'd kind yeah. of be concerned about with him is he doesn't. They don't have the easiest kind of draw coming up. I think Sydney and Geelong yeah. in the next two, which probably not really ideal so one thing i was just about to flag that to you as a guy looking at him are you are you looking at bringing him in this week or is he a guy that you'd be maybe bringing in after his buy because as you mentioned sydney they've got row bottom and ryan clark who can do jobs and then even geelong have got o'connor and atkins who can do jobs so are you maybe steering clear or is he still a guy regardless you're looking at nah yeah regardless i'm still gonna look at him i think i think like uh, you know, the whole tagging thing, it's, it's um, you know, like people think players are going to get tagged. Like I've been thinking Dawson's going to get tagged two weeks and, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen. I think the tagging thing sometimes is like a little bit overplayed. Um, it, it's definitely still something to consider, but it, it hasn't been as, uh, you know, relevant this year, I don't think, compared to previous years. So, yeah, it's definitely yeah. someone strongly considering. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, quickly go through the other players here. Hayden Young, 102. As we mentioned before, the ball boys would be pretty happy with their boy. And also, Mitch also brought in Brayshaw this week, so he'd be very, very Oof, happy nice. with that. Um, better than my trade-in, that's for sure. Uh, Will Day, 85, uh, bit quieter in this game, but uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. He just didn't have the marks and tackles. Sarong, 97. I think from what people said, I believe he got tagged. Was that, was that right, guys? Did he get tagged in this game or...? It seemed like he was copying a little bit of tension, um, but it didn't didn't really seem like a hard tag to me. Um, I don't know what the other guys. Thought. Yeah, I'd, from what I saw, I didn't really notice notice anything. I think um, Rachel was just dominating, and Sarong was just getting the ball where he could. Yeah, um, and then Warpole seventy eight potentially coaches could. It's getting to a point you could look. He's been really good the last few weeks, but he is at a nice price that it only couldn't go cost you a couple hundred k to get up to. And Andrew Brayshaw, so something for coaches to look at there. Sean Darcy, a bit disappointing as an owner of him and not English. Uh, cost me 75 points this week and everyone else has got him instead of English. So not great there. So uh, And Seamus Mitchell, 54, solid enough. Weddle, 46. So uh, Tim, we can move to the Sunday games. Awesome. So uh, just a reminder before we get into the Sunday games, if there's a player that you want discussed, uh, tweet it in the spaces below. and uh, Or if you're watching us on YouTube, tweet it. Uh, tweet, oh. Put a question in and uh, we'll make sure if we haven't covered him, we'll cover him off. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to Port Adelaide versus Essendon at uh, Adelaide Oval. So, 
any coaches that had Ridley saw him, uh, I think, was concerns about a broken jaw, was uh, left the game early on a 14. Um, Butters also went off uh, with a knee for a little while, but uh, which had us all a bit worried. But I think he was on 97 when he went off, but he came back on and uh, continued scoring. So hopefully he's all right. I think most relevant players did what we expect in this game, um, but there probably was some eyes on Stringer in his mid-roll and Setterfield we saw, yeah, move, uh, has definitely moved out to that wing role. Exactly right. So actually, I'll throw to uh, Jesse, I think it was, that was saying about talking about, was it Jesse or James was talking about Setterfield? I can't actually remember. Well, do you both have Setterfield? Yeah. Yeah, I've got him. Okay. Well, actually, I'll throw it to both of you then, and either one can go first. You're talking about the role changes. He both on your trade-out targets this week. Uh, yeah, he, he is, for me, um, he's just, yeah, on that wing, you know, you're going to get less tackles. Um, I think that's going to definitely scoring so it's definitely someone I'm looking to um, move out Yep, James, what are your thoughts with Seth, is he another guy you're looking to on the chopping block? Yeah, he is um, I've got to make the decision between him and Rivers and I'm thinking you know, if there's a way I could do both like a little cheeky play there, I'm not sure yet um, but maybe you know, a rookie down and Set of filled up, maybe set of filled up because he's got a little bit more cash and I can get up to a better player. So probably, yep. Yep. Um, also, just quickly mentioned, I've got four points added for Jack Steele. So we'll talk about him, but uh, <laughs> got 23.74. So pretty happy those four points. <laughs> Moved up about 100 spots, which is nice. Uh, now, so Connor Rosie, 96. Um, he was uh, good enough again. A lot of uh, handballs there, which is normally he's predominantly a kicker. So uh, I'm sure he'll have high scores there. But still, 96, you'll definitely take that. Butters, 111 with that uh, knee sort of injury. Came back on, looked okay. So I'm sure he's fine. The two Eston Bombers uh, star midfielders, Merritt, 120 and Parrish, 117. They'll be potentially guys that coaches look towards with Merritt being probably the preferred option for coaches. Now, Tim, I mentioned on, on the Ball Boys pod, I didn't actually get on because I think there was a few technical difficulties on uh, the stream, but uh, I mentioned Dylan Williams was an option for coaches to look at, a little bit more expensive at 305. So scored 67 last week against St Kilda, and now he's backed up with a 92 against um, Essendon. He's going to be a bit more expensive, obviously, but with cash in so hard to come by, and he looks to be in a good role, good scoring. Is he a guy that coaches could pay up for? Or are you still thinking he's probably too expensive to really look at and you'd be looking elsewhere? Uh, look, I, I think generally speaking, you're going to be looking elsewhere just because of his price. I mean, I think with he's probably going to be 350 360 or something along those lines. Um, I mean, although we are considering someone like Atkins, oh, it's a, it's a, I, I, I'm concerned he's expensive, but I think it's I think it depends on what you can do on the other end of the trade. If you can get down to him and still get um, someone else up um, to you know someone who's uh, you want to, then yeah, okay, you could do it. But I think yeah, the cash is going to be a, a little bit tough. Yep. Do you boys have any other takes on Dylan Williams at all, or you guys uh, think he's too expensive? Or I'd I'd a million percent be looking elsewhere. I think. That's, I mean, that's how I play the game. I wouldn't be bringing in a rookie at that price um, now, if he because he jumps up to three fifty. You bank, you could save one hundred and fifty k, and even if he outperforms, you know, someone else on the other end this week, you know, to win that trade, he's really got to be doing, you know, seventy plus for three or four weeks, which, um, 
you know, I don't back any rookie to do that unless they're, you know, Will Ashcroft or someone like someone like <laughs> that. So I wouldn't do it, but that's me. Yeah. Jesse, any differing opinions or are you agreeing with James there? No, I agree with the boys. Um, but I will say that I did watch that game and it definitely looked like they were trying to get the ball in his hands a bit more. He looked like he was kind of playing their man for uh, periods in the third quarter and, um, you know, racked up a lot of cheap points. But I already brought Atkins in last week. He was, you know, inflated kind of um, rookie par and I don't really want to bring in another one because, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's probably a good idea to, um, you know, downgrade and, and free up a lot of that cash so we can we can get those top-end guys in our team. Yeah, Jesse, yeah. Jesse, while we're on him, so, I mean, some coaches might be looking at maybe like an Atkins or possibly even a, a Dylan Williams this week. If co- coaches were throwing those two up, who you know, would you still be looking at Atkins? Well, who would I choose out of the two of them? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's pretty. I, I, I def- well, neither. I think. <laughs> I think. I think the ship's kind of probably sailed with Atkins. Um, also, just because of his uh, questionable job security now as well. Um, yeah. You know, with some players coming back in the VFL and him turning over the ball, you don't want to bring him in for one week and then you know have him drop the next. Um, but yeah, I I don't think Dylan Williams is. Bad an option. I just think he's a little bit too expensive uh, for what he's probably going to produce. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. He's a guy that I could look at potentially as I need cash in, but yeah, uh, and I don't have Atkins. Um, Houston 99 as well was good. Um, so he's an option if coaches want to go down the pole. I just don't think I could I could personally ever pick up Houston in my team ever. Just uh, won't, wouldn't work. Uh, Horn France as well was good with a 96 if anyone had that. McGrath 75. So if coaches like myself and I know that Nathan from that chat moved off McGrath as well. Good that he didn't punish us with 100 like I thought he might have, but uh, yeah, he's just that 70 to 80s guy. So, yeah, good to move off him. And we already talked about Setterfield before. So, uh, and then Alan David Jr. was a bit quiet with 34. I think you can move him to another rookie if uh, you can do something on the other end. And Ridley as well, you mentioned before, Tim, with that injury. So, he is probably going to be out this week. So, move to the other game. Yeah, so this is the game that I didn't get to watch today. The Collingwood versus Sydney game. It looked like it was pretty close towards the end. And then Collingwood just ran over the top of them. Um, but obviously, Goulden had a monster. Um, you know, the monster similar to what he had in the preseason. What I, you know, the reason I picked him for. And I guess, I'm guessing that Dacos finally copped a real tag um, from Ryan Clark. And um, what about, I think there's also be some questions about Mills. Did he have that midfield role? Uh, so just having a look here at his CBA. So Mills was actually the third uh, most CBAs for Sydney behind Parker, Warner, uh, and then, yeah, he was next with 12. So what's that? There was uh, 17, 21 CBAs, so 12, so over 50%. So that's probably what coaches were hoping to see, a little bit of an uptick, which was good to see. But I didn't, again, I was a bit the same. I didn't watch this game. So either James or Jesse, I don't know if you got, uh, which one of you guys watched the game, so either one can chime in. But is Mills an option for coaches to look at that's a bit cheaper? Uh, yeah, he's definitely an option. Um, I think, yeah, he had like 50% CBAs. Um, he's come down a lot in price. Uh, the only question mark with him is, again, he's someone that's so kind of flexible in his role and, and if Sydney kind of needs to hold on to a game, he can, you know, be put behind the ball or, if they lose Fox or um, the other key defender, McCartan, yeah, McCartan, McCartan. Um, 
then he's someone that can potentially go and fill a role in down there again. So he does have risk attached to him. Um, yeah, he's probably not one I'd bring in right now for me. Um, but I'll just say as well, I, I just saw Goulden had that 161 with zero CBAs, which makes his score even more impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. Uh, I, again, I didn't catch this guy. I just saw his score keep going up. So, yeah, very, very impressive with Goulden, 160. The preseason Goulden showed up, so it was uh, good to see him with a huge score. Um, Luke Parker, uh, James, is he potentially an option? He's down at 741k with a 117 backing up from his, I believe it was 112 last week when coaches are looking for a bit of value. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's definitely an interesting, interesting one because he is so cheap and you know he can do the 100 to 105 mark. Um, for a sustained period. Um, so if we're getting him for that 750 or 760-odd price, he's, he's well and truly underneath um, what he has potential to do. The Swans are a little bit of a um, concern for me because they do swing around. I mean, I know Parker's got the role inside. Probably He's probably number one in there with, with Warner. So he's not really too much of a concern but just their scoring as a team feels down. Like, I don't know the numbers, but just looking from afar, like, it, it doesn't seem where it needs to be for, for to pick that um, type of player. Yeah. Um, Lloyd, 108, was good for his uh, owners. that uh, wouldn't be owned by very many, so good score for those owners there. Uh, Warner with a 99. And then Collingwood's top score was 92, which is Scott Pendlebury. So really low scoring for them, but... Pretty good that Nick Dacos got to an 84, had a good last quarter. I think the top tag may have been dropped in the last quarter because he seemed to have a good last quarter. So um, he was good enough with an 84. Um, scrolling down the page here still, I think that that's almost about it. Yeah, Dugowie quite with a 60. Um, I, think, I know Laddam's caught an injury, 51% game time. So interesting to see if he plays. Could, could be good for Sean Darcy next week maybe. So... We'll have to see. So, um, yeah, Tim, we'll move on to the final game. Yeah, so some, uh, obviously, North versus Saints at uh, Marvel. Some interesting scoring from Saints. I mean, obviously, Marshall got a bit injured there. We'll have to see what happens with that. But uh, a lot of those, I don't know, popular Saints players, Steele, Crouch, Sinclair, were all pretty disappointing. I mean, Liam Stocker went big. But, um, you know, big story is probably uh, good old Jack Zebel and, uh, what was he on? 104 at the halftime mark, and the, uh, what is it? Yeah. The high, the fastest fantasy ton in history. Wow, yeah. really? So that's not a surprise when it comes. According to, to Jaden, Jaden yeah. Papowski. For those of you that don't follow him, um, yeah, Shout I saw his tweet. Yeah, fastest start. I think it was the 14th minute of the second quarter. Wow, 36 disposals, 18 marks, 168 points. Um, I think for non-owners, I think we can probably all agree it's too late for him. He's going to be over 800K this week, so I want to imagine more around that. But good for owners that have got him. Actually, who have, who's got Zebel here? So, Tim, I think you've got Zebel. Yeah, baby. Yep. Yeah, James? Baby. No, I don't. And it actually really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for swearing. Because I was looking in one of my matchups late this afternoon and – I think I was 141 points clear and Zeeble was the only other blokes oh. <laughs> and, um, um, unique. And I'm like, Chased oh, you down I'm from 140 I'm points. <laughs> Unbelievable, really. But well, oh, that's funny. Uh, unlucky there, James, mate. Uh, and then Jesse, do you have Zeeble in your side? Yeah, I do. Thank God I do. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so that's definitely uh, one that was a good thing for you to hold on to your top spot, mate. So good. Well, thank work God he all went out of the side, hey. Yeah, exactly right. The one guy I'm not happy with because he didn't do anything like this for me is Liam Stocker, uh, 127. Yeah. So for those owners, they're going to get some really nice cash gen now. A uh, good matchup obviously helps with that, but. But yeah, you're not bringing him in or anything like that. Uh, there will be people still bringing him in, but I wouldn't be bringing him in. Uh, 16 marks did play into that there. Uh, the Cheese, Harry Sheasel, 98, continued his good form. Good matchup, but Zeeble did steal all the points today, so that's probably why he didn't quite have that 120 that he normally normally gets. Mitch Owens was one that I think a lot of us did probably miss. Uh, didn't have exactly the role we want, but just continues to score well. Another ton there. Um, Jack Steele, uh, at least he got added the tackle, so he got to 85, so at least he saved his score. But maybe I'll put that down. To, are we putting that maybe down to the, the the way the game was played with North Melbourne chipping it round, like Brad Crouch got 83? Are we all putting it down to that and Steele's still not a bad option? I'm not. Yeah, I would like to see probably another game from him, to be honest. I wasn't that convinced by the way I saw him kind of running around out there. I don't know how good he looked. Yeah, I think there's there's other players at that price point or even below that I would prefer. Yeah, I agree with the boys. Good to have been, yeah, it would have been good if uh, someone could have mentioned me that before I brought him in. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah, that's just me being a crap coach. Um, so... Um, who would have thought uh, Steele would only outscore McGrath by 10 points? That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Crouch 83 is what we said. Marshall, again, we don't really know. Ankle injury didn't look great from what I saw, so maybe he's out. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, if he is out for, obviously, more than a week, I think he will be a trade for coaches. Especially, well, no, I think he will be a coach anyway because he's in that right lineup thinking about it. So, yep, uh, Jack Sinker, a bit quite 79 there. I think he's still not a bad option to look at. Um, Bro, Let's talk yeah. about uh, – yeah, actually, let's talk about LDU. But, I was going to uh, say LDU. Drury is who I want to talk about because I think he might be the rookie that a lot of people are looking to bring in this week. Um, Bo Drury, I don't think he's an AFL player, mate. I think his brother Blake Drury is the, oh, the guy okay. for But, yes, uh, we'll talk about Blake Drury first. He's, I'm assuming that he will probably be around that 225, 230 mark. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah that. so is, is he the probably the downgrade option for coaches to look at, Tim? Because I think that he, from what I saw, he looked pretty good, especially look, in the first he, quarter. Yeah, he had a great first half. Um, I think he had 35 points in the first half, but then, you know, kind of faded late in the game. I mean, that third quarter only had six points. Um, so, but, I, you know, I think he looked pretty well. I mean, the thing I remember is um, from our rookie experts, I mean, you remember Je- Jeppa being on the pod in the preseason. Um, North Melbourne rated him pretty highly, and he looked like he was going to um, be in the starting side until he got an injury. So um, I think his job security is probably pretty good. He's probably going to get a good, you know, month block or something along those lines. He seemed to score all right. Um, you know, like I said, faded a bit. But, um, yeah, I think he'll be the probably the, the, the rookie that's most brought in this week. Yeah, for, well, from watching that game, he re- actually reminded me a bit of uh, Kay Chan, the pushing pretty high up the ground, getting involved in in chains. So it wasn't a deep forward pocket role, so which is good. So I think he's definitely a very good option to bring in. And moving to your your boy L- uh, LDU, Tim. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad exactly... I didn't hold him. We talked yeah, on was... Friday about I kind of wish I held him, but so I'm, I'm now glad I didn't hold him. But, 69, um, not great score. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, I imagine he's not right still. Um, I can't imagine you have a bruised, what is it, heel pad or whatever it is, and, and it fixes itself after one week. Um, I imagine he's going to be playing sore for a while. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm just, I'm glad that I didn't jump on a Josh Simpkin. Uh, 58 points. Uh, that's really bad. Not a great score. Miller Burton returned for 57. So coaches have got him. Good cash gen. So very happy with that. Philippou getting a 66 uh, is pretty good for coaches that did hold. Maybe gets a little bit more cash um, on his head there. Um, and, yeah, Jay Gresham got subbed out with an injury as well. So that maybe could be a good thing for, for those midfielders in Jack Steele and, and uh, Brad Cratch moving forward. But we'll have to see uh, if anything comes out from that as well. So I believe that is all the players from the games, Tim. All right, well, let's turn to the AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup, proudly brought to you by Infinite Wealth, helping you reach financial goals faster, where winning coaches will get $5,000 donated to their favourite charity. Now, also, just a reminder that there's something special out there for every coach uh, that's available too, so head across to infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy to claim your free five-module online learning program, the Fast Track Freedom, where you can learn how to pay your mortgage off up to three times faster, save thousands on tax every year, and learn how to build your wealth and replace your income. Um, so that's infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL Fantasy. So I'm going to run us through the top eight, uh, and I'm still talking overall at the moment. I will give an update. I think now that we're a third of the way through the season, it's probably a good idea to give an update on the uh, the league rankings soon, but uh, we'll wait until the end of the round and all the, uh, the lockouts lifted and all the things have uh, sorted themselves out. But top eight in terms of overall rankings, so starting off with Louis. So Louis ranked 5,514. Uh, then we've got um, uh, 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 Nug from um, uh, Breakeven, uh, Junk Time Janitors, who's ranked at 7,731. Fucking up all my words tonight. Um, <laughs> Destroy has been the big mover of the last few weeks, man. He has had some big weeks these last few weeks, and he's now ranked inside the top 3,000, so 2,830. Uh, then we've got Miller Time um, from Breakeven at 2,309. We've got Mitchmond uh, from the Ball Boys, 2,128. He's ranked fourth. Uh, Sanch from Hatchat has moved into third at 1,374. And then in second is the Statesman at oh. 977, meaning that number one ranked coach at the moment is moi at 967. So I'm pretty <laughs> happy with myself. From, yeah, uh, I, th- I think well done, Tim. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff, no. mate. No, uh, having also, a good year so far. And then also, I think, I believe Mitch actually scored top scored in the um, he did, Content Crows Cup this week. 24, let's go back to Mitch. 24.50. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a big, big score from Mitch. Well, um, so good on him. He had a big score, but I just had a look because I was curious. The top score for the round was uh, Whirly Skirlies. Uh, so Finn, uh, 26.46. Oh. So I'm just, I'm just having a quick look at... Uh, like his team-wise and like some of these big players that he had. And while my page loads, there we go. So he had uh, the captaincy on us, Tim English. He had Josh Dunkley there. He had Errol Goulden. He had Jack Zebel. He had Bontempelli, Tom Green, Andrew Brayshaw, Liam Stocker. So he had all the players that went huge Jeez. this week. So congrats to Finn on a absolute <laughs> monster week. So if he, yeah, that could be the top score for the year in any round. All right, well, uh, moving on to uh, before we get into just discussing a couple of players before we wrap it up for the evening. Um, boys, why don't we kind of go around and have a talk about uh, trades or, you know, well, I mean, obviously they won't be locked in this early in the week, but, uh, you know, who are you thinking about? Who are you looking at trading for this week? Um, Jesse, start with you, mate. Um, yeah, 
look, probably Setterfield, I'm thinking, unless Marshall's injured or something like that. Um, he looks to be the one that I'll be looking to get rid of. And then, yeah, in terms of who I'm looking to bring in, it's you know, guys like uh, Brayshaw, you know, Doherty, these discounted um, premiums that, you know, have good upside still. Uh, yeah. And, and in terms of my other trade, it, it, it'll be probably getting rid of a, a red dot like Cowan or, or you know, a fattened rookie like Chandler. Um, yeah. He only scored 37, so he, he looks he looks ready to go. Yeah, pretty cooked. All right. James, what about you, mate? Um, yeah, pretty similar. I think I'll look to downgrade a, a fattened cash cow like a um, Fergus Green or a... Um, Someone else. <laughs> yeah, um, just shittest rookie you can get rid of to get, yeah, get where you need to, basically. Yeah, and then uh, Setterfield up, I think, is where I'm thinking as well. Um, not 100% sure what I'm looking at yet because um, I brought in Laird this week and I'm pretty comfortable Laird is actually going to be very, very strong for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, he just looks like he's turned the M1. corner. Yeah, could be. And I was actually really <laughs> off Laird to start with. Um, but I think he's he's looking like it's a little bit cold. I just gonna get a few more hugs. I think it'll be good. Um, so I'm not sure. I have to have to look in who I'm actually gonna get. Sure, sure. Bales, what about you, mate? Um, looking at looking at this. Uh, obviously, if Marshall's out, that will make it pretty easy. I'll just probably go a downgrade on the bench, like a potentially Van Ru- Van Ruin because he's out this week. Uh, or even a Alan Davy or Cowan down to Drury, and then Marshall up to Speakerno. That would be. Uh, the silver lining, if I did get a forced trade, but uh, basing it on Marshall plays, uh, I'm looking at potentially doing a move where I'm going a uh, a Davy on the bench down to uh, Drury, and then going a Ruben Jinby up to a Will Power if I can get up to him. Um, and I've also considered maybe going a Chandler down uh, to Drury, and then going Jinby up to Jordan Dawson. But that may hamstring me in future weeks, so I'm not sure if I'll do that. But they're the options I'm looking at, mate. What about you? Yeah, so I'm – well, look, this would be a good place to probably start discussions on a couple of players, right? So I'll be looking at trading out uh, a rookie, like I said, um, pretty much what we're talking about before, shittest rookie I can to do what I need to do. But I'm looking at maybe going like a peddler to a – well, I was thinking Atkins until, uh, you know, Jesse was talking about before, maybe it's a bit too late. I mean, obviously, if he's, if he's dropped, I won't be choosing him. But, um, but, I mean, that's pretty much all I'll be able to get to. Um, so, I mean, what do, you, what do you boys think of doing something like that? If it's just, you know, trading a rookie up to an Atkins, would you be okay with a trade like that? No, I'd personally be going down to someone like that's bottom priced um, because I think Atkins, he's going to go up quite a lot as well. He's probably going to be over 400k now and like i said um you know if you do bring him in and he only lasts one week or whatever and he gets dropped then it's just you're locking yourself in for two quick trades there sure yeah i think i think i'm similar there i'd i'd try and still do a um one up one down rather than that mid pricer in i agree Um, but you know, you've got to make these moves if you want to get into the top 100 team and you're in striking distance. So back yourself in. Yeah, well, plenty of research to do this week. 
another player that I reckon uh, if coaches haven't already brought him in, um, we've kind of talked or touched about Fiorini. I mean, the only thing I kind of wanted to add, that uh, what I did notice when I watched this game was a little bit like what Pete was talking about on Plus 6 last week. Like, even though he was playing that wing or slightly forward role, he was definitely coming up to the stoppage. So I just – I'm not that worried about someone like a Braden Fiorini. I think he's a trade-in. I think um, I think he can sustain those sort of scores being up around the ball and maybe even go triple figures like he's done before. But what, what do you boys think about that if, if people are thinking about trading in a Fiorini this week? I don't mind Fiorini. Um, I think he's got – Soft matchup as well against the Eagles this week, so yeah, he's probably you know hopefully can have another good good game. Um, I think he's yeah maybe maybe you can jump on him now, but then you know after that it's probably too late. Yeah, great, Bales. What do you think, mate? Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably agree. I think yeah, fearing it's you can get him this week. This is probably the last week to get him. He'll still be around that 600-odd K mark, still can make a quick 100K, even if – I still don't think he has to be a hold to the buys. If like I know, Tim, for example, I know you haven't got a lot of rookies on field now, which is which is great. And some people that might not have rookies, if he's your worst player in a fortnight, he can still go go out. So I don't think the, the having to hold him past the buys is necessarily a thing. But, yep. um, yeah, I think, as you said, he looked to be going up to stoppages as that fourth midfielder. So – um, and I think he was more influential there than like an Alex Davies. So the hope is maybe he gets those CBAs instead. But Flanders' first game back could maybe go inside and get more CBAs. So I still think Fiorini is not a bad option. All right. Well, also circling back to Rochelle, um, there's a couple of questions about Rochelle as well. Um, I mean, one of the things that I, I, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if what I'm saying is right, but I'm wondering whether, and it looked like after halftime last week, Rochelle got moved out of the CBAs. And I actually wonder whether he's having a little bit of a sad because he doesn't, like, he's kind of doing a little bit of the McRae drop in his head, doesn't kind of look like he wants to get involved as much. I mean, his CBAs were reduced this week as well, but, you know, I'm not the Crows guy. So, I, you know, I want to kind of throw it back to you, Bales, and, and over to the boys. What do you boys think about that? I so, thought I, sorry, Bales, I quickly just oh, say, yep, I thought yep. I read somewhere or heard something that he's under a bit of an injury cloud. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, but, okay. Um, maybe that's why they took him out. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not I'm not sure. I. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jesse, go. I was just going to say that I understand the CBA drop-off last week because um, Keys was tagging Dacos and Collingwood mm. were kind of trying to throw Dacos through the middle to break the tag, but Keys was just, like, still running with him. Um, but this week, like, yeah, like you said, he only had five CBAs this week, so that's that's – I mean, I don't have him, but if I was an owner, I'd be concerned about that because he's not going to score what you need him to score without those CBAs, yeah. yeah. I think for me, the one big concern, the reason that he had that drop in CBAs was Matt Crouch was subbed on in the second half and that's really when his uh, CBAs dropped. So if Matt Crouch was to be in the team next week, so he actually played pretty well and had an impact coming on. He did have actually negative 16 metres gain, so uh, maybe not. But if he's in the, in the side... Uh, then that would be a bit of a concern because he's probably going to have more – because he's not going to play anywhere else other than in the centre bounce. So that would mean Rochelle's more forward. So if Crouch is in, Tim, that would probably mean I would trade. But 
if not, uh, I think he's a hold if Crouch is the main team because I still think he's going to be in the CBAs. And I did see a bad take on the weekend. Uh, I, can't remember, I can't remember who it was. I won't name drop because I don't want to sort of give him too much uh, crap. But uh, uh, someone suggested on Twitter that he should be uh, should be uh, dropped to the sandful to get some form back, which I thought was a bit of a bad take. <laughs> I so, saw that um, tweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. Who, who was it, Bals? Just say it. <laughs> nah. Uh, nah, I won't worry about it. I'll, I'll, anonymous person. Um, we'll, uh, well, and look, for probably final player we'll talk about, it, but it looks like we're all jumping off at the moment or go, getting close to jumping off as Will Setterfield with, uh, I think he had zero CBAs for his, uh, for his game, but, uh, we know that he's kind of what we saw and talked about him out on that wing role. So everyone's off him at the moment. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, he can go. Yeah. Bales, yeah, any YouTube agreed. question? Yeah, sorry, mate. Any YouTube questions you want to go through before we wrap up? Uh, Oh, all right. we've gone. I think it's a good time probably to, yep. to wrap it up. Oh, I can answer those uh, questions for those people over there. After we've got 50 people tuning in over there, so appreciate those people and all the people tuning in on the Twitter space as always. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, gentlemen, thanks for coming on tonight. Jesse, we'll start with you, mate. Good job, uh, ranked one, and best of luck for the rest of the season, mate. Where can uh, people find you? Tell us your Twitter handle, mate, so can people, people can follow along. Uh, yeah, it's just jesse underscore way. Um, that's my Twitter handle. And, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Mate, welcome and uh, love your analysis. Thanks for your input tonight. No and like I said, best of luck. And then, of course, uh, James Shuckers, mate. Uh, where can people find you? At Shuckers Fantasy. Mate, we always love having you on the show. And uh, just for everyone else out there, thanks for joining us. And in particular, thanks to those people that sent in players. Mate, you can get your questions sent in at any time during the week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at AFL Fantasy Fans. And don't forget to tune in each week after the final siren of the round for a live Twitter space. Uh, and also remember you can listen to these spaces on the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe to the pod and give us a five-star review. Bales, mate, where can people find you? Um, at Bales DT and YouTube, as always, at Truly Bales HD. And lockouts lifted so we can make our rage trades as soon as you jump off of here. No, that's exactly what I'll be doing. For everyone else, you can follow me at Tim Guest AU. Hope everyone else has a great week. And we'll, uh, well, for anyone that wants to join us in our pre-lockout chat, normally, what is it? Normally about four o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, something yep. like that. Well, that's in... four o'clock Western Standard, I should say. Yeah, uh, about, uh, about, about 6.15, 6.20 Easterns normally around the time we go live there. So tune yeah, in to exactly. that as well. Yeah, if not, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, guys. See, see ya. Boys. See ya.